Yo, what up everybody? Welcome to another episode of House of J. This is your host with the most, Trey Dismute, man, and I am ecstatic. I am so glad to be able to do another session. It is such a blessing, man. Some of the feedback that I've been getting, I am so just awestruck, man, of God and everything that he's doing. And I just want to say I'm so grateful to everybody that's listening, everybody who's been sharing the podcast and all the people who have been sending me what they think about it. Um, Today uh, is is really exciting for me. What we're going to talk about today, y'all, wait for it, wait for it. We are going to talk about the purity of your heart. Now, not just um, exactly, you know, what it means, but how to get a pure heart as well. Because I feel like, um, you know, I was having a lot of conversations and they all kept leading to where the bottom line was the purity of the heart and how to get better in the areas that we want to get better in. So y'all, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you don't want to miss this. Stick around. I'm going to take a quick break and I will be right back, yo. Don't go anywhere, y'all. I'm going to be right back. Yo, welcome back, everybody, to another segment of House of J. This is your host with the most Trey Dismute, and I just want to let each and every one of you know I'm so excited, man, to go over this. Like I said, we're going to be talking about the purity of the heart, and I do apologize if I sound a bit stuffy. Um, I, I, I was I was a bit stuffy this morning, and my voice sounds a little bit raspy, but I'm still gonna get through this, man, and really give you guys the wisdom, man, that has been imparted in me, and I just want to share it, cause like I said, man, I've been having a lot of conversations, man, last week, this week, the week before, and I was thinking, like, man, what's really the conclusion of all these things that people have been asking me, that they've been discussing with me, and everything we've been going over, like, what's the solution? Why Why does it seem to be a constant issue, a constant struggle, a constant challenge in each and every area of these people's lives, and in, 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 in the areas that they're discussing with me and trying to figure out how to move past it. And I'm telling you, it was clear as day. All I heard was the purity of heart and and really how to get to a place where we come pure, right? Because a lot of times we feel like we have good intentions in the things we're doing, but still they turn out in a way that we didn't intend them to. They st- We still stray back to our old ways, to the old ways of thinking, to the old mindset and the old heart that we had, you know, back in the day that we thought that we've moved on from. And I really want you to think about it. Um, think about this, like, like what causes us to sin? Like what moves us to holiness and what part of us like initiates the actual belief that we have in God and everything he calls of us. And then and then on the other side, what is it inside of us that generates doubt? And when I ask myself the question of all that, I said the only thing that I can think of is our heart. 
So, so what is the main problem in our fight against sin and our lacking in faith, right? So I was I was reading um I was reading about Paul again because I said Paul is an excellent leader, and and if you ever get a chance to read through Acts. It, it is phenomenal in all his letters to the Corinthians, Galatians, um, and and through Timothy as well. And and a lot of his letters, they answer things that are relevant to this day and really prevalent in each and every one of our lives. But one of the things that stuck out to me the most that's going to apply today and what I'm speaking about is Paul said, you are restricted in your own affections. And in, and in short, right, seemingly like off the cuff of like what Paul says, Paul basically, when he when he's speaking to the church, he cuts to the heart of everything, right, which is the heart. He, he goes straight to the heart saying all that you're doing, everything, everything that's going on in your life, the reason you're making the decisions you're making is, is simply because, right, your heart is it right? And and when Paul, like when Paul was talking to him, right? Paul was Paul is pleading like with the Corinthians to believe the gospel, you know, at this time when he's talking about this. And and he has done everything in his power to share the good news of Jesus with them. But but I, I was reading it and it's like, why are they still dragging their feet? And when he said that right above, where he said that it's because their affections are restricting them and and how can our affections restrict us it's it's really simple like we don't do anything we don't want to do and we only ever do what we want so when we're doing stuff it's because we want to do it and when we don't do it it's because we don't and i don't want to like oversimplify it but that's what it is and and now that doesn't mean we only do things like we like or prefer it means that our actions always follow the prevailing desire of our heart so that is why like throughout the bible god is chiefly after our hearts our affections restrict us all the time our hearts are not all in to what we're doing that's why we don't get up and do what we say that we want to do that is, that is exactly why we sin that is why we doubt and that is why we struggle in our faith and our walk with God and everything that he has called us to so then is it goes to so how, how can we change and, and and how can we you know beat sin and actually live for God and 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 do the things that we say we want to do for God and once again, it's a simple answer that we must, we got to take the restrictions off of our affections. And, and the only way to do this is with the gospel. The on, only the gospel, <laughs> uh, and, I, and I love it and I love sharing it with everybody, but only the gospel is beautiful enough to change our hearts, right? And produce in it all the affections that will cause us to live new lives. So it'll give us, it'll give us all the principles. It'll give us the drive. It'll give us the motivation, whatever you want to call it, what it comes from the gospel, everything that God has put in place. So just, just like reflect on everything that God has done for you, like in Christ. And then you, you can just rejoice in the fact that your sins are forgiven by the precious blood of Jesus. Right. And, and, Revel in the truth that that you've been adopted in God's family at the high price of of the cross, 
And when we do this, new affections will spring like life into our heart. Because we don't, we don't fight sin by trying to stifle our desires and feelings. We fight sin by taking the restrictions off our affections. And, and we need to feel more, not less. That's a, that's a common misconception that we have. We need to feel more, not less. But these feelings need to come from the gospel, not from our own self and our own understanding. And, and there's different ways to deal with this. There's the, there's the right way to fight sin and then there's the wrong way. But most people are fighting sin the wrong way. That's why it's still so prevalent in their life and taking over everything and continuing to cloud their judgment, their minds, and their heart. So I ask you this, look, when, when you want to stop doing a sin, like what do you do? Think about it. Like, do you deprive yourself of something or, or keep away a tempting situation? Or do you try to distract yourself with more innocuous activities? Just 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 doing stuff to, to say that you're 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 keeping yourself away from sin. And and most people I talk to, this is what they do. This is their strategy. And you probably have already learned this through practice. But let me tell you something. None of these techniques will ever work. Because you cannot deprive yourself, ignore your desires, or beat yourself into submission. Why? Because your mind and will aren't the center of your decision-making process. Your heart is. So if you don't love something, you won't do it, right? And if you don't hate something, you won't leave it alone. So it doesn't matter that you're trying to stay from it. If you don't hate it, you're not, gonna, you're not going to leave it alone. It's still going to be there. Waiting for you to fall, waiting for you, you to, to, to give up or, 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 or have a moment of weakness. And yet in so many of like self-help books and, and even sermons today, like people are preaching this strategy where, where there's always some new like quote unquote wisdom for, for how to stop bad habits and, and start good ones. And, and many of them treat sin like a diet. That you starve out the bad and, and feed the good, but sin doesn't work like this. And listen, um, I'm, I'm just going to go back to Paul again, right? Because when Paul was talking about all these things and addressing sin, like Paul was going up against some similar like religious tactics of his time. And he's trying to help his audience, like fight the indulgences of like sinful flesh. If you read in, um, in Colossians, right? Colossians 2.23 and, and, and 3 and 5, right? And, and, and what is earthly? So he's trying to help them fight the sinful flesh and what is earthly. But, but before he tells them how to do it, he tells them how not to do it. And this is the part I want you to be able to focus on, how not to do it. Because people in Paul's day were, were saying that the right way to weed out sin was deprivation, right? And say, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, right? They, they formed a man-made religion around depriving themselves of basic goods and inflicting themselves with wounds and, you know, severity to the body. And the way to fight sin was to beat it out of yourself and to punish yourself when you don't in his day. Now, now listen, this is an extreme version of what we do today. For instance, if, if somebody struggles with pornography, they might deprive themselves of, you know, the Internet or technology. And when they fall into it, they inflict themselves with guilt and shame. So 
the problem is deprivation cannot change the heart any more than starving yourself can get rid of hunger. So, and 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 you might listen to this and and listen. This is coming from me and 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 my revelation and the wisdom that I've, I've gotten. But and maybe this sounds wrong to you. Maybe this is how you thought you were supposed to fight sin. But I was listening, and and it's no wonder that Paul said that these have indeed an impair an appearance of wisdom. It says, however, it will never work. Such like such sin tactics, you know, are no value in stopping the indulgences of your flesh. So if that's how not to fight sin, right, let me tell you how to fight sin. And and once again, Paul has our answer in this. He says, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above. So how do we fight sin? We set our minds on Christ. You can't change your heart by saying by saying no to your desires, but you can change your heart by setting your mind on Christ. So, listen, when you remind yourself that 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 you like you've been raised with Christ, your heart is filled with great affections and these affections will rewire your heart to do what deprivation never could. So setting your mind on Christ and his gospel is is the right way and frankly the only way to kill sin in in your life. And really honestly, if you even want to get deeper, we can get to the root of it. Like what causes us to do good or evil in the first place? Cuz most people seem to think that it only comes down to the decisions we make. That if you set your mind on doing good, you will. And if you choose to do evil, you'll do that, you know, as instead. But, but once again, look, Jesus teaches us that the real source of our actions lie much deeper. And it all comes down to the heart. So, and if you read in, in, in Luke um, chapter 6 and 45, it says the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So whatever you put in your heart, it ends up in your life. So what treasure, you know, value or, or your glory in or what you enjoy, it will result in what you do. So if you entre- if you treasure like good things in your heart, then you will do good. And if you treasure evil things in your heart, then you will do evil. So then I know the question may come up. How do we change what our hearts treasure? And the answer is, it, it, it's, it's in Jesus words, not mine. Is in And it's different from what we might expect. We might expect a list of disciplines or habits or meditations or what we change that, you know, what our heart values. But however, the condition of your heart is not based on what you do, but who you are. Jesus taught, right, that a good tree can't bear bad fruit and a bad tree can't bear good fruit. Only good trees can bear good fruit. Listen to what I'm telling you. Do not think that you're seeing something. If, if it's a good tree, it's going to bear good fruit. If it's a bad tree, it's going to bear bad fruit. Point blank, period. There is no in-between. So, so we have to ask, like, how do we become a good tree? 
right? And that is the work of the gospel. Jesus makes us a good tree despite all of our bad fruit. Through Jesus, he saves us and transforms us before we have done anything to earn that transformation. So all we need to do is see ourselves as the good tree Jesus has made us to be and our hearts will treasure him above all, all else. So if you really want, right, to change your actions, you have to treasure Jesus for making you into a good tree, even when you were the worst tree there was. Trust me, that was me. And and then, and in turn, he will work in your heart to help you bear good fruit because that's how he works, right? And, and let me tell you something, when it, when it comes to purity of heart and, and, and coming to God in, in a way where we're clear and transparent in all that we do and all he's created us to be, right? The common misconception when God talks about being pure is that if you're pure, then you're in alignment with him, right? But the word tells us that we must come to him pure of heart, not pure of our life or not pure of how we're living because Listen, we can come looking like our life is whole and pure, yet still not clean out the very heart that is inside of us. And the only way that we stay pure of heart is to continuously come to him to be cleansed and made pure again. Right. You got to think of your heart like like uh, like a car. Right. If you if you leave your car sitting there, it'll become dirty on its own and its parts will deteriorate from not moving or even being used right? The car has to be washed to stay clean and the car has, it's designed to be driven. So the more you drive it and maintain it, the longer that it will last. And the same goes for your heart. And if it becomes idle and not constantly maintained and flushed out every day, the same dirt and grind of our past will naturally start to build up in our heart again. And it'll bring us back to our true sinful nature, nature that we had in the beginning. Which which we can never think that we have eradicated it out of our life for good. But me, we must be wise enough to know that the only way to keep it at bay is by relying on the strength of our creator and continuing to flush out our hearts and our minds every day and constantly becoming pure in his sights. It's it's an everyday thing. It's an everyday struggle. As as I said before, and I know I've gotten a chance to talk about it with a lot of people and and, and a lot of people have heard the, the perfect illustration of God has taken God has taken this holy thing and put it down into this human thing. So us having constant conflict and and, and strife and trials and troubles, it's natural. It's, it's something that is going to happen, but we can't we can't look at the very things that we struggle with and, and think that there is another reason. The, the fact of the matter is there is conflict. There is going to be conflict. We're not holy beings. So God taking this holy thing and putting it, putting it inside of us isn't something that we're naturally used to. And, and frankly, you don't even see anything outside of 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 uh you don't see anything outside of something being holy trying to change think about it you don't you don't see right you don't see um um 
of foxes or, or like wolves coming up in prayer lines to asking for forgiveness for hunting. You don't you don't see sharks coming up or, or birds flying in saying, well, forgive me so I don't fly again. You don't. Matter of fact, you don't even see human beings ever. You don't ever even see human beings really convicted about the things they're doing until something holy comes inside of them now all the stuff that they used to brag about doing now they're crying about doing them because now they have the holy spirit inside of them conflicting them on what is right and what is wrong and what they should and should not be doing so the purity of heart is so important and and the reason it's so important is because it is your very key and ticket to the very heart and being in alignment with God and it is essential it's essential for the purity of your heart to be there to be in alignment with God in his will and his way and his word in your life so I really just want you guys to really think about it. Am I pure of heart? And if I'm not pure of heart, what steps can I take to resolve the things I need to resolve and to get anything that is unclean out and to make sure that I am flushing, flushing, completely flushing. I'm not sure if everybody knows what a flush is, but a flush is you're cleaning it completely out and you're making it new again. Listen, purity, purity is, is nothing but receptivity, how you receive it and, and the ability to sit and wait patiently for God and all that he has for you for as long as necessary for the coming of the light and the truth and the way that he has brought before you and on the path of righteousness that he is calling you to each and every day. I really hope that you guys take this to heart and I hope that you are able to learn something. I, I get so excited being able to do this. Um, like I said before, guys, I really want you to keep sending me feedback. Keep letting me know what you think. I hope that you're able to grow and learn and, and be guided, man. And if if I am able to help you out, do something for you, make sure you're sharing it with your people, your family, your friends, everybody in your circle of influence to help them reach the same levels so we can all grow together, y'all. I love you and I thank each and every one of you. Guys, remember, 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 I had um, posted up and sent to everybody. Guys, I am now on iTunes. Yo, like I am now on iTunes, yo And I am so excited at the opportunity God has given me And everything that he has placed before me And I really want anybody who has Apple um, Or have their iTunes account set up Go ahead and check me out on, I, on Apple Podcast A House of J Go hit that subscribe button And go send me some messages, man And send me some reviews And let me know what you think um, I love you guys. I hope you have a fantastic day and a fantastic week. This has been so amazing. Until next time, I'll catch you later, y'all. Peace.